You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I think that's still a work in progress right now. Uh, when Omar's been out there, he's looked really good. He's been dealing with some health things that kind of kept him in and out. We need him out there more consistently if he's going to uh, help us the way that we expect him to and hope that he will. Kind of the same. Uh, Wandale's been there for the most part, been nicked up a little bit. Elante Brown's been out there, nicked up a little bit. Cade Warner's been pretty consistent. It's been good to see. Uh, I've had some other guys that uh, look like they're stepping up. I'm pleased overall with the depth and the play at that position. Uh, but that uh, needs to work itself out pretty quickly. Who's healthy and who's available, and, and we need to get dialed in for the first game. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washed. This segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill. Make sure you get on into the Lincoln location. Fully remodeled, new TVs, new furniture, new flooring, new bar, new everything. It is the premier game-watching bar now in Lincoln. Uh, get into Tanner's, get some great wings, beer, and catch all the college football and NFL action here over the weekend. But, Robin, you heard Scott Frost address Omar Manning um, on the Zoom on Tuesday, and it's kind of been the elephant in the room. I mean, w- once um, Frost, a week ago on his radio show, said Omar had been taking some time away, what appeared to be for a personal um, issue, maybe not a physical injury-type issue, um, alarm bells went off because this was kind of, you know, I think we wrote in our ranking the Big Ten that you and I do every year that Omar Manning was the biggest impact newcomer in the conference. And now that guy could, maybe might play, maybe he won't play, and it's it's led to a lot of questions. Well, yeah, I mean, and a lot of questions because this is a guy before he even set foot on campus, uh, the head coach, Scott Frost, was saying he was the type of player that changes the entire dynamic of Nebraska's offense when he's on the field. And that's because at 6'4", 225, and with that skill set, with that athleticism, that's a weapon uh, the Huskers haven't had in their passing game since probably Maurice Purify. Uh, I mean, just with that combination. And so uh, it's a big deal uh, because he provided that element that was going to take, in theory, Nebraska's passing game to the next level. And without him, now you're looking at, you know, a bunch of those small speed wide receivers with, you know, complemented by walk-ons at this point. And so that's a, that's a big reason for concern. And, uh, you know, the, Frost said that he hopes Manning will be available to play at Ohio State. But right now that doesn't give you much confidence because he's not on the field. He's not practicing, whether it be for injury or for personal reasons, whatever it is. He's been back now, though. But the, I mean, the fact that he's missed so much time just kind of puts his immediate status in doubt. Now, hopefully they can get that settled in. He can become a little bit more consistent and available and therefore become the type of player they need him to be. I mean, I think you have to figure out a way. If he's a physical difference maker in this conference, you have to just say, all right, we're going to draw up 10 plays and, and, and bring him along on these 10 plays. I mean, there's something that you can simplify. And Matt Lubick's a good coach. He's going to do that if everything's right, if there's the trust factor. And I, I think that's the key. Is there enough mi- – will will that trust factor be there from the missed time Omar Manning has had? And, you know, that's another card they're going to hold close to their vest. Um, I think today my read is he will be in Columbus. Um, it's a matter of will he play much in Columbus. Right. Um, but, yeah, that receiver position, there's such an unknown about Fleming, uh, about Betts, um, as far as if those two talented four-star freshmen will play. We know Fleming took some time away from the program um, for a while too, went back to Miami for a couple of weeks, came back. Um, so yeah, that, I think 
that was supposed to be kind of the the position. Uh, Will Nixon tore his knee up in the summer uh, that Nebraska upgraded, you know, so heavily. And right now, of the group of five they signed, really Alante Brown is the only sure thing, and he is battling some injuries too. Right. Yeah, so is Wandale. I mean, all these guys, and they're minor, but it's forced them to miss some practice time. And with them trying to do so much to get ready to play top-level football against one of the best teams in all of college football, any mispractice time is significant, especially with a core uh, of receivers that needs all the reps they can get. So uh, that's uh, that's a kind of a red flag right now, and hopefully that thing kind of gets addressed. But there's a reason all those walk-ons and, and the Cade Warners are getting mentioned so much right now because they're the one guys or that's the group that's actually on the field and the coaches are able to evaluate and they're getting the reps with those quarterbacks. And uh, until those other guys, those freshmen or Omar Manning uh, are able to consistently be on the practice field, it's hard to know what their immediate impact is going to be. And Cade Warner awarded a scholarship officially. I think he was on a second semester one last year. He didn't get one in the fall, um, but probably almost deserved one even a year ago. Um, he's played about as much as any walk-on um, you know, you're going to ever see play um, the way the last three years have played out. So congrats to Cade Warner um, getting a walk-on scholarship along with uh, Luke Reimer. We should know more names this week. Yeah, or ne- next week yeah. um, on you know who those other players are. There'll probably be at least two to three more names that they can give out for the, the semester uh, just depending on on those numbers. Um, you're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Robin Washett. I think the other thing, Robin, I'm looking at now closely is Nebraska's defense. Um, I, I know in the scrimmages, the offense has had the upper hand. Uh, I heard it got the defense kind of lost composure amongst itself um, yeah. in the scrimmage on Saturday yep. last week. Um, there might have been some punches thrown amongst defensive guys um, on the same side of the field. So, you worry about that a little bit. The communication needs to be there. Was it Dismuke or Cam Taylor Britt that said that the on-field communication is what he's noticed Cam. really a struggle? And uh, that will be something to watch uh, you know, early on, how Nebraska's defense communicates and tackles and plays on the field early on. Well, and not just for Nebraska, that was Cam was talking about. He was talking about in college football. He said he's watched a lot of games early on uh, you know, while Nebraska's been off. And one thing he noticed with all these points and all these yards being put up uh, across the country, uh, it seems like defenses are kind of scrambling to figure it out on the fly. And one thing that he's noticed is guys just aren't talking and communicating. And so since Nebraska's returned to practice, he's trying to, you know, apply that to uh, Nebraska's defense to where, you know, they're talking more and communicating better. But clearly, you know, with stuff that came out of that Saturday scrimmage, uh, there's a lot of work to be done there. And, you know, when you got – that type of bickering already, and I'm playing a real opponent, it makes you wonder how things are going to get once Ohio State gets rolling. Speaking of communicating, did you see um, Lane Kiff or Nick Saban kind of accuse Lane Kiffin of um, stealing their defensive signals last week? Because uh, Saban said every time we made a call, like an adjustment or at the line of scrimmage as a defense, <laughs> Kiffin audible into the exact perfect play. <laughs> You know, where the tight end just streaked 40, 50 yards down the field. So, you know, Saban's a paranoid guy, but I also wouldn't put it past Lane Kiffin to pull out all the stops and get a little sneaky doing stuff. Well, and for as good as Saban is, trust me, when you're that good, you got a lot of people that want to see you take a step back. So, I'm sure there's some back channel communication. Um, So, you, you better have your signals and all that stuff in line early, especially in these silent stadiums. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's been the question, too. Like, do, how does that impact, and is it going to uh, actually hurt, you know, the doesn't matter to home or away, but uh, whoever's on offense because, you know, I mean, all those cadences, 
you know, do they work as well when there's no crowd noise? Uh, so there's there's questions that are going to be played with that. But defense across the board, I think it shows that it's very much a work in progress. And I think a big part of that is that guys just weren't able to hit for so long. You know, look at Nebraska. They didn't tackle for almost 11 months, 10 months. And they've been ramping it up. Exactly, So because they have to. Frost knows if you want to go beat Ohio State, you better be ready to play real football. And the only way to play real football is to tackle and Bend practice. your knees, wrap up, exactly. take to the ground. And so that's why guys are getting dinged up. That's why you're getting all these injuries that are going on in camp because uh, they're trying to pack as much as they possibly can. Uh, they're walking this very fine line of getting a team ready to play against one of the best teams in the country on the road uh, while also trying to keep a roster relatively healthy. And right now they're kind of going back and forth on that. And then you get Wisconsin, who gets an extra day preparation for Nebraska. I think Wisconsin opens up on Friday, right? Am I I'm not mistaken? And, and they're the Friday game. So not only will Wisconsin be coming here the next week, they'll get one extra day of additional rest when you're coming off the road. So, hey. Thanks, Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the schedule, by the way, Nebraska, Iowa, Black Friday. I mean, that's kind of old news. No, no surprise there. There are four Friday night games, though, besides the Black Friday day game. Uh, no Friday game, though, the week of election week. Uh, because teams, it's my understanding, they won't even be able to practice on election day yeah. um, on that Tuesday. Um, so the Big Ten did not have a Friday night game. Uh, scheduled for election week. So still four. Originally, it was only going to be two Friday night games. Um, so they're doing all they can. I'll be curious how deep the night games go into November. That will be something um, to, to watch if the Big Ten will allow week, you know, the third, the second and third Saturdays in November to have a night game. Uh, we know the first Saturday in November can, can have a night game. That second and that third one, though, that's typically been a forbidden deal in the Big Ten. Both mm -hmm. teams will have to agree. Um, so we'll kind of see how that all goes. But when we come back, uh, we are going to talk some basketball. Robin had a chance to be on with Fred Hoiberg. He's had a busy week on the Zoomer. Um, and, and we'll get some more insight on what Coach Hoiberg had to say as he's getting his team ready. You're listening here to the Oscar Line Show.